1: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Basis podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this Monday afternoon on May 6th, or June 6th, I'm sorry, uh, for context as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host, Janice Scurrio. Welcome in, Janice. Sorry to make you hop on earlier than usual. We normally record this show at night, but I have concert tickets, so appreciate your flexibility. And also, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to from around the baseball world this coming week.
2: Absolutely. First of all, I would never hinder you from partaking in any live music as a live music lover myself. So I hope you have plenty of fun at the show tonight. I will
1: try. I will try <laughs> war on drugs for people that know the band or want to check them out. They're really good. I,
2: I, I actually have never heard of that band. So I don't know if that makes me very uncool or maybe it makes me cool. I don't know what, what, uh, is that what you're listening to these days.
1: It's a, I would say it's a cool band, but it's kind of, I'm like the perfect demographic for it. I would say like as a (laughs) 35 year old white dude, you know, it's, it's guitar rock certainly. And a little bit of a jam band. Uh, I've seen them twice already and they, they really jam out on, they're awesome for anyone that likes guitar Sort of nostalgic '80s kind of guitar. They're they're a great band. Anyway, sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm on the opposite end of the musical spectrum. As the last show I went to was actually Charlie XCX. So there we go. We've got. We've got I, I would see that
1: show. show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you. She puts yeah. on a good show. Uh, but anyway, speaking of good shows, uh, look at that transition. Uh, the wow. thing that I'm looking forward to the most this week is a game on Thursday, a really great pitching matchup. Uh, Dylan Cease is going to take on Tyler Anderson, Uh, the White Sox playing the Dodgers uh, in Chicago. I will actually be at that game, so very exciting. Uh, So uh, Cease hasn't really looked himself lately. Uh, So uh, he started against the Rays on Saturday. He gave up a hit, walked seven, uh, struck out five. So he's definitely kind of rehashing a lot of those command issues he had in the 2019-2020 season. Uh, But yeah, a couple of, uh, I mean, a couple of those walks were close calls and he wasn't really getting a lot of those calls, but uh, he still hasn't looked his himself for his past two starts. Uh, But Tyler Anderson, I wrote about him in my week that was article last night basically just gave up three hits in his last start versus the Mets, issued no walks uh, through 81 pitches through 57 strikes, and has a 26-inning scoreless streak going on. Uh, so uh, we'll see if maybe he can continue that scoreless streak on on Thursday. I mean, uh, I, I kind of hope he does as a baseball fan, but as a White Sox fan, I hope he doesn't.
1: <laughs> I feel that. Uh, before we get into the rankings, a little promo note. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Athletics facing the Guardians in Cleveland on Sunday, June 12th at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on that game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by Bet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'Em Contest. All right, let's jump into these power rankings. As usual, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three key or biggest risers and three of the biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 teams, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. usually goes up late morning. Early afternoon, depending on how long it actually takes me to write the thing. Going to a concert tonight, we'll see. But there are only six games on the slate for Monday, uh, so I think I can get most of the writing done before I head out. Um, All right, start us out, Janice, with the number one overall team this week.
2: So, literally the number the number one overall team this week are the New York Yankees. Uh, so they won their sixth straight game on Sunday. Uh, they've seen some really great pitching. Uh, so yesterday, uh, Jordan Montgomery started for the Yankees. He went uh, six and a third, uh, gave it five hits, uh, two runs off five hits, actually. Uh, before that, Luis Severino tossed a, a gem on Saturday. Uh, Garrett Cole uh, was almost perfect on Friday. Um And just right before that, Jamison Tyone took a perfect game into the eighth inning. Uh, So really, uh, Yankees pitching in particular has looked really great lately.
1: Yeah, uh, another big winning streak here for the Yankees. Won all six games they played last week against the Angels and then the Tigers. Those wins came in different fashion, too. Only a couple of real blowouts. Some really great pitching, like you mentioned, timely hitting. Uh, walk off on Sunday courtesy of Josh Donaldson, who wasn't necessarily ingratiating himself with Yankees fans or most baseball fans in general. Um, Here's an illuminating fun fact. The Yankees are just the fifth team in the last 38 years to win at least 39 of their first 54 games of a season. Um, Let me say that again. The fifth team in the last 38 years to win at least 39 of their first 54 games. They're at 39 and 15 with an MLB best 722 winning percentage. The only team in the majors this year with a winning percentage better than 700. Aaron Judge won American League Player of the Month for May with a 1077 OPS, 12 home runs, 25 RBIs, and 25 runs scored in 27 games. He's been only hotter in June so far. Three homers in five games since the calendar flipped last Wednesday. On the year for Judge, his possible free agent walk year, a 313 batting average, 1059 OPS, MLB leading 21 homers, 42 RBIs, 44 runs scored in 52 total game. So yeah, I think he was right not to accept the Yankees' final long-term offer uh, before that opening day self-imposed deadline kind of arrived. Uh, Clay Holmes continues to amaze too. He's, he's the closer now with the as Chapman working through some lingering Achilles discomfort. And I think Holmes really might keep the job, uh, or a good share of it at least, whenever Chapman returns. We'll see. It's a long season, but uh, Holmes has made 25 appearances with a 0.34 ERA, one run allowed, 28 strikeouts, three walks and 26 and two thirds innings. What what a find he's been. Uh, they, they got him from the Pirates. He was great down the stretch last year after that trade, too. Uh, so, yeah, the bullpen, the rotation, the offense, it's it's all really working for the new number one ranked team, the Yankees.
2: All right, let's go check in with who's at number two. Uh, Surprise, it's the other New York team, the New York Mets. Uh, They split the weekend series with the Dodgers. Uh, They also have the best record in the National League. Uh, And also uh, Pete Alonso has seven homers (laughs) in 11 games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had the Dodgers here when I sent you my initial rankings, um, but we'll get to them in a sec. Uh, The Mets have the second-best record in baseball. They've been top five all year for me. It felt like they should go into the top two spot this week. I know the Dodgers are going to be fine, though, and we'll talk about them next. Pete Alonzo, as you said, he's been ridiculous. Eight homers, 25 RBIs over his last 18 games. The Mets are 13-5 and in those 18 games. I think it's very impressive that – they, they bounced back and won the final two games of a four-game weekend series against the Dodgers after dropping the first two. Um, there's a resilience to this team, and I, I, I don't know if that's quantifiable, but we've been talking about it throughout the year. Been seeing it all year when, when they lose big players to injuries or they lose a game, they bounce right back and, and win the next couple Uh, depth helps resilience. That is quantifiable, and the Mets have a nice amount of it, a a nice amount of depth. They can only get better when the big arms get healthy. Max Scherzer is definitely coming back for the second half, maybe sometime in early July from that oblique strain. Jacob deGrom hopefully comes back at some point too. He's moving very carefully uh, through his shoulder rehab, but taking steps every week, uh, pushing towards some mound work and, and possibly facing hitters in the coming weeks. Francisco Lindor has been a force lately. He had an RBI in 10 straight games between May 22nd and June 1st and 22 RBIs over his last 13 games for Lindor. Uh, The only other player in Mets history with a 10-game RBI streak was Mike Piazza, who is probably the greatest offensive catcher of all time. Um, so Lindor has really turned it on again. They, they've just got a really nice vibe at the moment. The Mets up at number two, a, a big New York domination at the top of this week's rankings.
2: Right. So at number three, you already spoiled it, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so they were swept by the Pirates last week. Kind of a big shocker there. Now, before I go on, was was that the main cause of the drop in the rankings here?
1: Yeah, don't spoil my analysis. <laughs>
2: Uh, but perhaps something that contributed, uh, they did play 31 games in 30 days. That's a lot. Uh, and they also did go 19 and 12 in that span. Uh, so I will uh, ask you this question here. Uh, is there really any reason to be worried?
1: No, no, not at all. But yeah, you can't get swept by the Pirates at home <laughs> at Dodger Stadium and not take a hit in the rankings. That's that's policy around here. And we stick to our policies. <laughs> Never. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The Dodgers are one in five this year against the Pirates and 34 and 14 against everybody else. Um, They did also drop two to the Mets over the weekend, but they did take the first two of those games of that four game series, as I mentioned before. And yeah, whatever, it's baseball and the Pirates are technically a major league baseball team or, or licensed as such. And weird things happen. Um, Clayton Kershaw is expected to return to the starting rotation for this coming weekend's three game series against the division rival giants. That'll be after a three game set at, at the White Sox, which you brought up before a very cool matchup. I think that was my world series prediction in 2021, White Sox and Dodgers, uh, last year's draft guide magazine, where we do those predictions is sitting over there somewhere. So I can verify it, but I don't want to grab it right now in case I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, Kershaw threw a, a four-inning rehab start on Sunday afternoon, was very efficient, 59 pitches over those four innings, seven strikeouts. Looks like he's ready to go. Andrew Heaney could be ready soon, too. I think he went three innings in his last rehab outing. Mookie Betts is on pace for 156 runs scored, which is insane in modern baseball. Um, everything's in great shape, uh, no complaints. It's just they get docked for for getting swept at home by, by the Buccos
2: well they will know better at this point going forward
1: yeah that's right
2: at number four the houston astros Uh, so yesterday Radon alvarez uh, had a three-hit game including a 456 foot home run Uh, so they won the series over the royals over the weekend Uh, we'll talk about the royals in a little bit pretty soon Uh, but uh, they have a commanding eight and a half game lead over the angels in the nl west
1: Yeah, they've won six of their last seven, really taking advantage of an easier stretch of the schedule. Those wins come against the Mariners and then mostly the A's and Royals last week. I had Chris Ranji on the the Thursday episode of the Circling the Bases podcast. Uh, He works for KMOX now, also does some work in Chicago. you got to mention if you want to go back and listen to that. We talked White Sox and Cardinals, and also we drafted World Series teams, 12 picks, six apiece. Uh, Ronji went Astros at number three. Let me just list those off real quick because I did write them down. So we drafted non-stakes, non-snake style, just back and forth. He went Mets at number one. I went Dodgers with my first pick. He had Astros three. I went Blue Jays four. The Yankees were still on the board for him with his third pick. The Yankees went fifth. Uh, I went your White Sox at six. He went Angels at seven. He might want that one back. Uh, I took the Brewers at eight. He went Padres nine. Braves 10 was my pick. 11 Red Sox was his pick. And then I rounded it out with the Cardinals at 12. Uh, We fleshed out those picks on the pod if you want to go back and listen to Thursday's show. But yeah, Major Astros news with the signing of Jordan Alvarez to a six-year $115 million extension last week, I think it it just got finalized on Monday morning too, uh, covers what would have been his first three years of arbitration eligibility and three years of what would have been free agency for Alvarez. He's averaged 44 home runs and 127 RBIs for every 162 games played as a major leaguer with a career OPS near 960. Um, He's been awesome since he arrived in the majors in 2019 and here in, in 2022, just an offensive megastar at age 24. Uh, Justin Verlander took a no-hitter into the seventh inning last Wednesday in Oakland. He's been tremendous at age 39, gets to go against a bad Seattle lineup on his next turn this week. Uh, this easy stretch of the schedule just continues for the Astros. Mariners, Marlins, Rangers up next. Uh, and the first six against the Mariners and Marlins, are that's a homestand. So, yeah, it's all good right now in Houston.
2: All right, so at number five, rounding out your top five, um, wow, climbing right back into it, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, So they did sweep the White Sox last week. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. seems to be finding a stride again, Uh, but more importantly, the Blue Jays have won nine out of their last 11 games. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, they had that really poor stretch in early to mid-May, but I think it's fully been put in the rear view. Um, far back from the Yankees in the AL East, that's true. I think that's seven and a half games pending Monday's results. And we can look at the wildcard standings right now, right? You can do that once the calendar flips to June. They are four and a half games up on the first American League wildcard now. Um, Toronto did lose two of three to the Twins over the weekend, but there was that eight-game winning streak before that. Closed out May with a 14-12 and 12 record, which is not bad given how that month started. Uh, They won 30 of their first 50 games for the first time since 1992, and that was the first Blue Jays team to win a World Series. Then the 1993 Blue Jays made it back-to-back titles. Alejandro Kirk is finding it, exploding at age 23. He's got four home runs over his last five games. His season OPS has risen from 668 on May 23rd to 860 here on June 6th. So just about two weeks, and, and Kirk is... Is really emerging onto the scene. He's got a 307 overall average for the year. Danny Jansen has been excellent too. That's been an incredible catching tandem there in Toronto. It's it's a big advantage to draw offense from that position, as all baseball fans know, and I think fantasy managers especially know. Uh, too much of a, a dead zone offensively, offensively for a lot of major league teams, which is that's fair, you know, given what is required defensively of catchers and managing a pitching staff. Uh, but Kirk has improved that aspect, his defense, and he can cycle in at DH as well. Been a really nice spark as the other stars on that roster kind of went through their slumps, and some still are. Uh, but it's mostly gravy for the Blue Jays at the moment. Big jump into the top five this week from eight before that and, and, and lower before that. Uh, but I think, I think top five is where they belong on talent and with the big recent turnaround.
2: All right, so that does it for your top five. Let's go ahead and head into your big risers of the week. So at number eight, the Tampa Bay Rays climbing up two spots from 10. Uh, so they did lose the series to the White Sox over the weekend, and they did almost come back yesterday. Uh, Mike Zanino hit a two-run home run uh, and brought the Rays within one run of the game. Uh, but otherwise, they have a positive run differential uh, and are 31-23 and 23, but are still in third place in the AL East.
1: Yeah, I'll admit to not really knowing how to handle the ranking this week of a lot of teams in this area, even up to the Blue Jays at 5. So I guess as a sneak preview for the full power rankings column, it's Jays at 5, as we talked about, and then Padres at 6, Brewers at 7, Rays at 8, Twins staying put at 9. And I think you could probably interchange all of those teams, given their records and and where they are in, in the standings and how well they played over the last week. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, the, the Rays jump up two spots after what was a three and four week against the Rangers and White Sox. It really has to do with the Angels completely dropping out of the top ten, out of the top seven. Uh, we'll get to them as a biggest faller this week. And, and then also the Twins hanging on at number nine despite their struggles. So the Rays kind of inch up on, I don't know, not really on their own, but with the help of some other teams. Wander Franco is still missing for Tampa Bay. He went on the injured list last Tuesday because of a right quad strain. He's expected to miss three weeks total, so at least two more weeks as we chat here six days later, uh, six days out from that injury. That really thins out the Rays lineup, not having Franco around. And I know he had been struggling offensively just before landing on the IL, but you're asking Taylor Walls to be the regular shortstop and Kevin Kiermaier to hit higher in the lineup. Um, yeah, for being a biggest riser, I don't have a ton of positive angles on the Rays. The season debut of Shane Boz is something to look forward to. Boz had 10 strike, gets 10 strikeouts over four and a third innings of one run ball in his fourth minor league rehab start Sunday at A Durham. That gives him a 1.38 ERA with 20 strikeouts in 13 rehab innings. He got up to 79 pitches on Sunday afternoon and could feasibly slide into the Rays rotation as early as this Friday at Minnesota. Uh, Boz was incredible in his first taste of Major League action last season and probably would have been in the opening day rotation this year had he not required a cleanup procedure on his right elbow in the spring. Uh, Trending very well, though, Boz can be a fantasy ace for a long, long time.
2: At number ten, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so they are on a two-game winning streak. Uh, they're seven and three in their last ten. Now, second uh, in the NL Central, uh, they also have the best run differential uh, in that division at plus fifty-four. Uh, so yeah, I know this is your team, Drew. So I'm going to give you some time to go ahead and gloat, uh, gush. <laughs> uh, I, I know the last last year for the Cardinals like was not great, and then it was great, and then it wasn't great. So. I'm going to let you take the stage
1: here. I'm just pessimistic. I, I think you understand that.
2: Yes, I do. Uh, yes. Yeah,
1: only a one-spot jump for the Cardinals, but, yeah, they are now in the top 10, and and so I feel like they're worth discussing. Is maybe not the biggest riser, but certainly a, a prominent riser this week. Uh, began last week's slate by sweeping a three-game series from the Padres, who, again, are a very difficult team to rank, and the Cardinals took three of – what was it? Three of five over the weekend at Wrigley Field. I would have loved to have seen them get four or five there against the bad Cubs team. But all in all, things are looking pretty good right now for St. Louis at 32 and 23, a season high, nine games above 500. Paul Goldschmidt was named National League Player of the Month for May. He went absolutely bonkers. Uh, a 404 batting average in May at 1288 OPS, 10 home runs, 13 doubles, 33 RBIs, 20 runs scored in that in a 27 game stretch to capture player of the month hardware in May. And, and this is fun. The Cardinals are the first team since the 1970s to have three different players win three consecutive player of the month awards. So Tyler O'Neill won it in September, 2021, the final player of the month that year, Nolan Arenado wins it the first month this year in April. And now Goldschmidt gets it in May. Um, so, I don't know, maybe they're going to have a fourth straight in June. Nolan Gorman, he's flashed good power since getting the call from AAA Memphis. Juan Yepes had a, had a big go-ahead RBI single in the 11th inning on Sunday night. Harrison Bader has turned it on lately offensively, so not just a standout defensively in center field, but also contributing in the lineup. It's a nice mix of, of veterans and youngsters in that current Cardinals batting order. Um, they're they're fun to watch right now. I, I still have some questions about the pitching staff over the long haul, but Jack Flaherty did make his minor league rehab debut on Sunday with AA Springfield, retired all nine batters he faced, three perfect innings with three strikeouts, touched 96 miles per hour with his fastball, got up to 30 pitches. You can see Flaherty in the rotation after two or three more starts on the farm. If he's truly past the shoulder issue – I mean, you can't even understate like what a massive boost that would be to the Cardinals chances of grabbing a wild card or even catching the Brewers at the top of the National League Central to have Flaherty back at the top of the rotation. I think the Cardinals are just a half game back of Milwaukee right now. Um, So yeah, a deserved, I think, top 10 spot for my Cardinals in the rankings this week.
2: Absolutely. As a Jack Flaherty fan myself, that is definitely great news to hear.
1: Yeah, he looked great. I I really hope that he's he's done with the shoulder troubles because I I was kind of worried about his career there for a second.
2: At number 12, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, So they swept the Rockies over the weekend. They currently have a nice little five-game winning streak. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. had a four-hit day, uh, and now they are uh, at a a game over 500. However, they're still eight-and-a-half games back behind the Mets.
1: Held on for an 8-7 win over the Rockies on Sunday, which, as you mentioned, completed the sweep. The first four-game sweep at Coors Field in Braves franchise history Um, also vaulted the defending World Series champions over the five-hundred mark at 28-27 on this active winning streak of five straight wins. Uh, Now comes what could be a very fruitful homestand against the A's and then the Pirates, big opportunity for the Braves to fight back into contention just two games back of the Giants for that new third wild card spot Padres Cardinals Giants would be your NL wild cards right now with the Dodgers Brewers and Mets as the respective division winners but the Braves are knocking on the door for that wild card at least it seems like we're we're finally starting to see the real Ronald Acuña Jr or you know getting very close to seeing that He's battled like some minor leg ailments since returning from last year's ACL tear and has been in and out of the Braves lineup at at times since his activation. But you mentioned the four hit day on Sunday in Denver, including a 441 foot laser that gave him his first home run since he hit two in consecutive games back between May 6th and 7th. Matt Olson is lacking in home runs, but he does lead the major leagues in doubles is tied for third in total extra base hits with Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, and Jose Ramirez. Those four are behind Raphael Devers and Bryce Harper on the extra base hits leaderboard. Olson's on pace for the most extra base hits in Braves history, which is 92, set by Hank Aaron in 1959. That would be an incredible mark for Matt Olson to reach in his first year with the Braves. And I feel like some Braves fans don't even really realize how good he's been. Uh, more homers would be nice. He only has seven, but that's three more homers than Freddie Freeman. Um, so, yeah, nice push here for the Braves, up to number 12 in these rankings and possibly flirting with the top 10.
2: All right. So here is uh, the vibe is going to deteriorate here for a bit. We're moving over to your top fallers of the week. So at number 13, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, woof. Uh, they ha- have lost 11 straight games. They have a losing record at 27-28. Uh, they were 24-13 and 13 three weeks ago. Taylor Ward is injured. They have to call up Joe Adele, uh, Adele now. So uh yeah, wow. Things are, are not looking great for the Angels.
1: Yeah, this has steered in an ugly direction really quickly. Yeah. Remember, they were top five in these rankings and, and top fives and, Yeah, not in terms of record five. just two weeks ago. But uh, now we have this 11 game losing streak, and the Angels' next three opponents are the Red Sox, who've been playing a whole lot better lately than the Mets and then the Dodgers. And they're number two and number three in, in my rankings, at least, and probably most people's rankings. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Ward went on the injured list Sunday with a right hamstring issue. It's considered relatively minor, and the hope is that Ward will be ready when first eligible to come off the injured list once his 10 days are up, but who knows? Uh, when healthy this year, Ward has a, a 333 batting average, a 1087 OPS, 10 home runs, 26 RBIs, and 30 runs scored in 38 games played. A, a big catalyst for that offense when he moved into the leadoff spot back in April. And speaking of offensive catalysts in Anaheim, this slump for Mike Trout is is growing to a concerning level. I think it's already past a concerning level, but like growing to historic heights for a guy who could go down – as perhaps the best player of all time. He's gone 26 straight at-bats without a hit, which is a career-worst for Trout. He was batting 320 with a 1095 OPS on May 28th. Now he's at 274 with a 953 OPS on June 6th, right in line with this sudden downturn for the Halos overall. If, if the postseason started today, the Angels would not be in it. Uh, they're a half-game back of the Red Sox for the third AL wildcard spot an eight and a half back of the Astros in the AL West all of a sudden. Um, what a shame, man. Trout has still yet, yet to be part of a postseason victory. It can turn around, of course, and it probably will to some degree, uh, but the Angels are digging themselves quite a hole.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, maybe we're digging deeper here. At number 28, we've got the Oakland Athletics. Uh, they were swept over the Red Sox. Uh, they have lost six in a row. They're one in nine in their last 10. Uh, so, at the, they're, they're at the very bottom of the al west um, interestingly enough uh, and maybe this is Coliseum woes they have the worst home record in baseball at seven
1: and 23. yeah yeah the, I mean it makes a lot of sense with with I think Oakland fans are, are sort of collectively boycotting the way that ownership has operated um, you mentioned yeah the seven and 23 record at home 16 games under the 500 mark now that's a season worst. Um, the offseason sell-off, it, it's going to continue this summer. Frankie Montas is sure to get dealt. Sean Murphy, maybe. Uh, Paul Blackburn, Ramon Laureano. Really anyone who might be coveted by another team and who is either collecting salary arbitration raises or, or close to reaching arbitration could be shipped off. Uh, I loved the under on the A season win total of 71.5 back when we were examining those win totals in late spring. I think it did fall to 70.5. On a lot of sites just prior to opening day, but even that under looked attractive to me. Uh, it's it's just it's a carelessly constructed roster, intentionally careless, I think, um, and it's only going to get worse once the August second trade deadline comes and goes. They could get to the to the number thirty spot in these rankings at some point in the second half, or, or maybe even sooner. Um, that's all I got on the A's. Actually, let's now talk about that that number thirty spot
2: oof uh yeah all right at number 30 uh, kind of in the doldrums here the Kansas City Royals uh, so I pretty much just copied and pasted my notes from last week we've got the worst winning percentage in baseball worst run differential in baseball uh, can it possibly get any worse
1: it's incredible that the worst record in baseball now belongs to any team but the Reds who you know got off to one of the most dismal starts in baseball history the most dismal start in modern baseball history. Um, you have to go way back to find one worse. But now the Royals are worse. Uh, they had a 9 and 20 record in May. They've lost six of their last 17 or six of their last seven games, 13 of their last 16. I don't know, man. Carlos Santana is, is somehow still getting regular playing time despite a 157 batting average and 535 OPS and 151 plate appearances. And, and that's all while the Royals have two ready-to-rock first-base prospects in the minors, and Nick Prado and Vinny Pasquantino. Um, I can't say I understand why we haven't seen Pasquantino especially, uh, but I guess this season is is already being viewed as as a wash by upper management in KC, which will make the approach to the trade deadline pretty interesting. Whit Merrifield has been kind of terrible this year, but he could still have some appeal. Uh, the bullpen pieces, Josh Stamont and Scott Barlow should be very popular to contending clubs looking to build out their bullpen for the stretch run in the playoffs. Andrew Benintendi almost definitely will get moved. He's an impending free agent. Um, you've already seen some trade proposals on Twitter involving Benintendi. I think he makes sense for any team that needs a little outfield help or even help at DH. Um, yeah, I mean, the Royals haven't done a full-on fire sale in in a long time. Uh, which is respectable on some level that they they do try most years. But um, it's kind of sad that they're trying or were trying at the beginning of this year, and it's gone so poorly. Um, It's probably time to start reexamining the building blocks of the club and reexamining how the front office maybe operates. There is young talent, Prado, Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr., of course, uh, MJ Melendez, and some young arms that – need to take that next step and could take that next step at some point but yeah just it's definitely not happening for the Royals this year they're kind of already already toast I thought maybe they could flirt with 500 and, and like possibly with the expanded playoffs maybe make a push for the third wild card but yeah it's not going to happen that'll do it for this week's show always ending on a sour note and then we finish with the big fallers of the week but it it's is sure. what it is yeah. <laughs> check out the power rankings column it goes up every tuesday on nbc sports edge rankings observations on all 30 teams rate and review the circling the bases podcast we love five stars but any feedback is welcome follow us on on twitter i'm at drew with janice is at scuriosa and peace out